Hello, this is Matt Marone, the worship pastor here at Glen Island Bible Church. You're listening to the Next Level Podcast. Today, we're going to answer listener questions from Sunday, March 13th, 2022. Hey everyone, I'm John Vanderveld. Hi, I'm Simone Halpin. And I'm Kelly Brady, and this is The Next Level. What's up, Next Level? What, what? What's up? Hey, Glenbard West, state champions. What a deal. Oh, did they win? Yeah. They did. I so, just saw the headlines. Can you give me the, the story? They is... crushed Whitney Young. So they... They've crushed everybody pretty much. Are they for think, one game? Somebody they... told me yesterday they have two D1 They have five. Prospects? Five. What? They're starting five are all D1. That's so they're all going lineup, D1. Their lineup at Glenbard West High School? <laughs> That's six eleven, six nine, six six, six six, six four. The shortest guy on the court, six four. That was like the, the tallest, tallest guy, guy in our for high school teams is six four. <laughs> wow. Arguably, it will never happen again at Glenbard West High School in this respect because they're not a magnet school. They're just your average public school feeding kids into the program. Hmm. Where it's it just, interesting. It's they, phenomenal. They interviewed the coach afterwards, and he said this process started in eighth grade. Right. Wow. Yeah. With this group of boys, and you know, it's really interesting yeah. for me. Wheaton North has won football state championship this year. Wheaton Academy, soccer state championship, and then Glenbard West. All three of these high schools feed into our youth program. Hmm. It's a little bit interesting to me. I wonder about COVID and the suburban culture in this respect. Because COVID was a a timeout for all these sports in many respects. Uh, Yet these kids kept practicing, kept playing, getting ready. It's just interesting. I... I don't know. Hmm. I thought you were going to say, too bad there's not like a church-wide uh, youth group championship because clearly Glenn and We've, yeah. We've got some athletes. So it's good. It's funny. That was our first, um, that was when Jennifer and I visited this church first. That was one of our first, at least my first observations. This is the tallest church on the planet. <laughs> Have you guys ever realized that? Have you ever looked around mm-hmm. and just thought like, I'm the shortest person in here. This is insane. Like, mm. what, why are people out here so tall? It's oh, funny. It's <laughs> funny. No, but really, like, never. I, no, I hadn't thought that. Nope, me neither. It is a very. We have a lot of tall folks, and not just like a couple really tall folks, but like the the average of the taller folks is quite high. Okay, it's quite Glenbard West 2022. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Just an observation. Hey, I missed Sunday. I was out and about visiting another church. I went out to Chapel Street, which is west of here. Jeff Frazier is the senior pastor there. And I missed hearing John preach in the Sunday morning. How did it go? It's yeah. a good Sunday. Mm-hmm. I, I got to say, I was just was feeling sluggish. I just still even today have not caught back From up. From the uh, spring forward? Yeah, I don't know. And it's I know it's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, it was a good Sunday. Yeah, it's great. It's beautiful. The whole service. Good miss. I like the uh, violin on the worship. Yeah. I always liked that. It was good. Yeah, Ingrid's fun to have. Yeah. She's, re- she's been a real huge blessing on the ministry, I feel mm-hmm. like. That's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so. also feeling, feeling very full inside the sanctuary. Is that true? It's interesting. The la- I said the same thing, and then Grant said, well, actually, it was a little bit lower than normal, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of it was the college students are on spring break. So we have like oh. anywhere between 60 and 70 college students mm-hmm. that come on Sunday. Mm. And so those were folks gone. were kind of missed the last couple of weeks, but they're back now. Spring break's over. And yeah, I thought 10, 30 felt very full. The balcony was full. I, when you're preaching and you're watching and you look up there, you mm. can see people like packing in, mm. you know, mm. to the balcony. So look like, but, look like people came forward for prayer. 
Yeah, we had a, a few folks each yeah. service. I mean, I'm not good. like actively looking to, in accounting. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but I, I do mm-hmm. kind of notice, sure. right? Mm-hmm. And it looked like, and you can notice when not many people come, and you can notice when a lot of people yeah. come. And, I think it would have uh, helped to have a longer prayer time. Our service got kind of cut short. We had to drop a song in both services yeah. and at yeah. the end, and just because things were yeah. a little and bit I, longer. I thought, than Glenn, we, had, we started off with elder prayer. Yeah. So that was that comment. You, you'd sent me a, an email uh, comment that came in via text. Um, what was it? I appreciated the uh, oh the kind of retooling. The, ACC, the yeah. Francis Assisi, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I was thinking, I was wondering if you thought that was me because of that new worship book that I got. I did, actually. The lit- I got but this new Glenn? worship kind of liturgy book with oh. different ideas. and No, that was all Glenn. Yeah, yeah. good. Yeah. Glenn loves to pray. Glenn was uh, on the Wednesday night prayer call, which we do every Wednesday night, 7 8. And on Wednesday, he was fired up to pray over Deuteronomy chapter 4. And I texted John on Thursday, wow, Glenn was praying through the chapter mm. even on Wednesday night. Mm. So yeah, awesome. I was pumped. I thought his prayer was really powerful. Yeah, it was great. It was, it was passionate and um, it was spot on. Yeah. And, um, and I want to share one more thing um, just in the morning, just a shout out to Cindy, one of our volunteers who runs slides. Mm. Um, it was, you know, it was early. We were all feeling it. You know, all of the worship team was pretty tired and we were up rehearsing and, um, and Cindy's back there. It's like, you know, seven, 10, seven, 15. She's back there doing slides while we're practicing. Mind you, this isn't during service. This is rehearsal. And she's like, just singing, singing her <laughs> head off. Yeah. yeah. You know? And it was like, and we just like, kind of, st- after yeah. a song, we're like, you know what? Thank you so much for that kind of passion, especially this early in the morning. <laughs> like you're like, you're our worship leader. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Awesome. Like you, you are leading us right now as we're preparing to lead the church. It's just cool. really cool. It was uh, awesome. we really appreciated it. And anyway, questions. Yeah, let's get into some questions. All right, question uh, number one: What do we do about children that were raised to be keepers of faith, but yet have wandered from God? Hmm. I loved uh, your opening, and I've seen that sign above your your uh, <laughs> mudroom door. The mud room. Yeah. So I loved uh, kind of the, the picture of the keepers of faith sign. And, you know, the reality for me when we don't have, when, when we've raised our kids, it's just so painful. It yeah. can be so painful. So I appreciated what you had to say and the charge yeah. that you made. Yeah, thanks. I, um, I mentioned it more specifically in first service about uh, kids that have wandered and how we, our response about, being prayerful, knowing that the story's not over yet, and those sorts of things, and and then I I address some of that in the prayer and second service, mm-hmm. um, just to be praying. I actually took the time to pray for them, but it's interesting I, you bring that up. Every Wednesday night, every Wednesday night without fail, there are people on the on the prayer call that are praying for their prodigal children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a very tender experience as on the. In the prayer meeting, you can tell that, you know, where one cries, we all cry. Yeah. And, it, and we know these kids and love these kids. And if you want to be a part of the prayer call, just quickly shoot me your email and I'll, I'll get you the link so you can be a part of it. It's very convenient over Zoom. I've been stunned at how prayer took off over Zoom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I was keenly aware of in the prep that this is kind of a, you know, this is a hard issue when you talk about what Moses outlines. I mean, he doesn't bring up. And if your child doesn't listen to you, do da 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 da. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a whole lot of commands and teaching that he lays out in those first 14 verses, and that's what, you know, I felt 
compelled to spend the bulk of my time on was like, this is what Moses is commanding, and this is what we see uh, continued into the New Testament as well, mm-hmm. which I think we have a question on that in a little bit. But I think the first thing I would, would offer would be just to remember that the story of those, the, if your child has wandered or when we see families who have kids that have wandered, that the story's not over yet. Yeah. Amen. I mean, there is a, a clear teaching of Christ about prodigals. Yeah. And that there are times when children will wander from, a, from their 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 faith their the him you know our hearts are prone to to wander and um and there are children that will do that and we need to remind ourselves to stay faithful uh in our faith to be praying for them to be encouraging them where we can give space where we need there needs to be space given and um yeah and then be ready to celebrate um when prodigals return yeah yeah, I would, I would say take courage. I mean, I love what you say about there's. A, I mean, Jesus taught about prodigals and the reality of yeah. uh, of the prodigals, folks leaving the home of origin and uh, wandering away. Um, I'd also, I always like to remind parents, uh, God loves our kids more than we love them, and He loves them perfectly. He loves them better than we love them, which means He's always at work in their lives, even when it doesn't appear He's at work in their lives. Yeah. Yeah. And then I would I would remind us raising our kids to be keepers of the faith is not a means to control and we need to be really careful there. Mm-hmm. Um we have to hold our kids with open hands. Mm-hmm. Uh raising our kids to be keepers of the faith is my calling. It's my act of faithfulness, it's, it's not a means to determining their behavior. Mm-hmm. It's raising kids to be keepers of the faith isn't a spiritual behavior modification technique. Mm-hmm. It's, it needs to be a genuine work of passion on my part, not an attempt to control them or to control God. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've sat with many parents who said, God's not keeping his end of the bargain. Mm. I did what I was supposed to do. And uh, we need to be really careful there. We need, to, we need to acknowledge that these children are the Lord's, and it's a joy to raise them mm-hmm. to be keepers of the faith. But we can't determine their outcomes. How, um, I actually wanted to bring that up because I have heard uh, some parents wrestling with that tension. Mm-hmm. Um, do you take Proverbs uh, 22 as a promise? Like if you train your children up and, they, uh, well, they, I can read it um, uh, so I don't. Yeah, train your children Start up. children off on the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Mm-hmm. So if they are old and they do turn from it, does that mean as a parent that I did not do, you know, what what scripture is prescribing here. Is this a prescription? Is this a, a promise? Or is this a more in general? Is this one of those situations where all kids who do uh, turn back were raised in that way? I, yeah, how I, do you nuance I think that? I think it is a, I think Proverbs 22, six is a call to be disciplined as parents to raise keepers of the faith. And there is an assurance that that work is not in vain. 
I have to be honest with you, though, there is no perfect household. You know, I was sure. listening to your sermon, John, and I was thinking you didn't drill down into, hey, if you're a widower, yeah. here's how you parent. Or if yeah. you're single, here's how you parent. Or right. it, Moses didn't get into that type of minutia. Uh, but we could also note there's no perfect home. So raising our kids in the way they should go, the verse itself um, we need to admit, uh, my kids, they were, they're going to have to um, battle against, at some level, all kids do, the sin that was present in the home. And so, uh, again, raising keepers of the faith, being diligent to train our children the way they should go is not uh, a means to Gar- de- guarantee outcomes, to determine yeah. their, their yeah. faith. They are God's children, first right. and foremost. It is an assurance that we not that that work is never going to be in vain. That's how I, mm-hmm. I hear that verse. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, the phrase "God doesn't have any grandchildren" is a uh, is I think applicable, right? Like we raise our kids, but but they have to have that relationship with with God through Jesus Christ. Like yeah. we don't we don't manufacture that. We don't guarantee that. We don't, you know, our, our view of salvation is, is one where God, God calls them, God chooses them, yeah. God. And, and so I intentionally didn't get into to salvation because I don't think that's what Moses mm-hmm. is talking about here. I think yeah. Moses is talking about the people of God mm-hmm. and passing on the law and the decrees and the things of faith, which I really worked hard at communicating that mm-hmm. clearly mm-hmm. that we're talking about the 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 things that help us follow god mm-hmm. not we don't pass salvation on to our children no in fact to your point proverbs 22 6 train up your child in the way you should go from that way he'll not depart when he's old the context of that is old covenant mm-hmm. and that's what i was going to bring up next it's, a, is tra- it? it's actually a, a training of morality gotcha. versus yes. immorality versus salvation right mm-hmm. yes right that's good I have nothing more to add except that. Um, <laughs> can we just say that parenting is really hard? <laughs> it's so hard. It is hard. I feel, it I, actually gets harder. For, it's gotten harder yeah. for me the older they are. I can see that. I can see that because um, my... So encouraging. Yeah, my, my younger kids, uh, like the, the picture you painted, John, of like sitting down and having a family devotion and reading yeah. you know, right. books. Like it's, it's just tender and sweet to read Bible stories with sure. kids when they're younger. And then I, Anthony and I spent most of yesterday talking about how are we discipling our kids? What does this look like? How is this playing out for us? And, <laughs> you know, we're far from looking like perfect um, examples of this. Um, and I w- was measuring even my own words with my kids and thinking about what this looks like. And I spend so much time having conversations with them about you know, trying to like get your homework done on time. Did you remember <laughs> to practice the piano? Have you cleaned up your room? Like there's so much time and energy into like trying to teach them just basic life skills and not nearly as much meaningful conversation around discipleship. And I know mm-hmm. they, they, you, they kind of go together. I mean, you can talk about discipleship while you're training your kids to be decent humans. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did really feel this, how it's, is that all they hear from me all day yeah, long right. is just do this and do this and don't do that and don't do, have you done this and you said you were going to do this yeah 
and missing some of these really intentional conversations mm-hmm. around what I see. I mean, I have so many stories to share with my, I could be sharing with my kids about how I see God work and um, do some really amazing things in other people's lives and ministries are involved in. And I, I'm so tired <laughs> by the time I'm done going through the list of all the things I want them to do or not do that there's not a lot of space. And that to me is where discipleship, where I'm missing d- discipleship mm-hmm. opportunities. Yeah. I was going to add on to our, in, in response to what you're saying, um, I had somebody after service re- was very, very encouraging. And they said, I have a child who is not walking with the Lord right now. They've wandered far from him. And it makes me wonder, he goes, the, the part that I need to battle against in myself is wondering if I made a mistake mm. and now that's, that's where they're at. If, if I, if I would have just had that one conversation or I would have just done a little bit more of this mm. or I would have done just a little bit more of this, and I, and, I, and I said, man, you, you can't live in that mm-hmm. space. And he quickly was like, I can't beat myself up about that. I can't do that. Because what we can do is spend all our time in guilt mm-hmm. and shame and wondering and all those sorts of things. And I don't think that is productive. I don't think that is, is healthy. I think you can st- start fresh any time. Like, His mercies are new every morning. Yeah, I mean, and, and if the text on Sunday and the sermon provokes a conversation about Hey, let's be more intentional, or let's try this, or let's try. I mean, that's that's great. Right. That's what it's for. It's not to, it's not yeah. to shame anyone right. or tell anyone like you blew it or your kids. You know, look at them now. It's because you didn't do the X, mm-hmm. Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. man. Well, to be I mean, to that to that parent who's kind of beating themselves up on that point, I'd like to point out that my family we didn't talk about Jesus once. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jesus came after me. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Like yeah. hardcore, <laughs> yeah. you know, right. and, and worked in Simone's mm-hmm. story, story in a very mm-hmm. powerful way. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, remember and, that that's happening as well. Like, you and know. let's, and, and there are kids that um, grew up in beautiful, solid Christian homes. that have that exact same experience. Yes. Where God is like, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, you've grown up in all this and this has been religion for you are you going to have a real relationship with me? Right. And they face a crisis in their life, a crisis of faith. And it's like, are you going to go with me or you're not going to go with me here? And so, yeah. The- I, I generally, oh, I had someone say to me once and I thought it was brilliant. I'm, this person said, I'm more concerned about who my kids are at 40 than <laughs> yeah. at 14. Right. Mm-hmm. My kids are in their twenties right now. And I, and I want to be really careful not to say their story, spiritually speaking, yeah, too is done. Yeah, because, <laughs> gosh, if someone had said to me at the age of twenty three, I'm going to have a judgment about who you are, uh, formed spiritually or unformed spiritually, I think, gosh, I'm in mm, trouble. Yeah, at twenty three. I mean, my I'm fifty three, and I and the Lord isn't done with me, and I'm so thankful for that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's a great point. Which is interesting because look at how many folks in that time frame that we have super high on pedestals as a society. I don't mean as Christians, but as a society yeah. and we're just cutting down their character, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And they're like 23, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're, they're kids. I also want to warn us not to take too much blame or too much credit yeah. for who our kids become because they are the Lord's. Yeah. They are the Lord's. And, mm-hmm. and that's quite the roller coaster to ride. In other words, don't make your kids' successes and failures about you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
let, let your kids stand on their own merits and, and point them to Christ and their relationship with Christ rather than, you know, I'm so, the, the phrase, I'm so proud of you, little Johnny, or I'm, and on the converse, I'm so ashamed of you, little Johnny. Mm-hmm. It, if we're not careful, our kids' behaviors, um, we, we have too close an association uh, about what it says about us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a um, kind of, I thought it was kind of funny this weekend. I was having an intense conversation with one of my children who was complaining about his private cello lessons. (laughs) And I pulled on, I full on, do you know that there are children? (laughs) I mean, I got personal in the Ukraine right now who are not having the opportunity to find their cello. I know. And he said to me, stop shaming me. And I was like, oh, for crying out loud, stop being so self-aware. <laughs> like He's just like this old soul who apparently doesn't realize how entitled he is. And oh man, it's hard to argue with him because he's so smart and quick and witty and funny. And it does sometimes bring down the temperament of me telling mm-hmm. him about the rest of the children in the world. But still, I was like, come on, buddy. It's <laughs> funny when your kids do things like that mm-hmm. and you, you know, they leave the room and you're, you're sitting there and you think to yourself, I, cre- I created that, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> I taught him his wit. <laughs> I taught, yeah, it, that, that comes that comes from me. Like, <laughs> he's like that because of me. And what's it, and Carrie's <laughs> just staring at you like, yeah. mm. <laughs> it's your fault. Right. Well, to that point, when we see we've sinned, then celebrate the gospel. Yeah. Mm. Celebrate the gospel. Let's mm. have the gospel enter in here. Let's, yeah. let's not pretend we're perfect parents or dodge the conviction of the Holy Spirit. When we sin against our kiddos or against yep. our spouse or against our home, man, own it and celebrate Jesus. You know, mm. last week we talked about hearing the Holy Spirit, hearing God's voice. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And what it's like and what it feels like. And I do find... And I'm just kind of thinking through this in real time now, but I do find that in parenting and in being a spouse, the Holy Spirit is quite loud Mm. in my, uh, you know, yeah, when I'm messing up. Mm. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think I'm getting better at owning it and listening and acting uh, as I I get a little older Mm -hmm. and more tender to that idea. But early on, I was definitely just, shutting it out, mm-hmm. just shutting mm-hmm. that, that voice out. I, I do like when I, when I say something that is, um, that probably I shouldn't have said, or I should have worded a different way to my kids. It, nowadays, it's like a immediate voice, immediate red flag right away, red siren in my mind, just going, Oh, mm-hmm. if you could get that one back, that'd be good. So you need to do some cleanup work here mm-hmm. right now. You need to apologize. Mm-hmm. You need to go into this conversation. You need to soften your, your edges here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. Is, is that your experience too? No, do you yeah, find the Holy sure. Spirit? In other areas of life, I, I'm like really trying to hear. And yeah. is that from me? Is that from the, <laughs> but yeah, I feel like, hard. yeah, I do. Uh, Simone, I love your example. I do want to be a soft parent when, when my kids come to me and say, dad, this hurt, mm. you know, or <laughs> you need to, I wish you would do it this way. Mm. I just mm-hmm. want to be soft yeah. there. We learn a lot mm-hmm. from our kids mm-hmm. yeah. about who we are. They hold mirrors up mm-hmm. to us That's regarding so true. our character. Yeah. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and and we need if we, mm-hmm. we can't blow by that, let's mm-hmm. let's take every opportunity to learn. Yeah. And I feel like one of the most fundamental um, fundamental things to learn early on is, you know, you and you hear this a lot, like, well, I just I parent this way because that's how I was parented, but it really is true. And in my case, you know, I 
yeah, I mean, I, I started parenting exactly the way that I was parented, yelling and, you know, just using words that, you know, kind of, I didn't even think about it, but sort of imply, uh, have a negative implication. Like, mm-hmm. why would you do that? Or what, what are you thinking? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just how I started parenting. Yeah. I'm not even thinking about it. I didn't read any books, take any classes or just like, here, here we go. This is what you say in this situation. And, and then you have to kind of unearth and unpack that mm-hmm. and get to the root of like, mm-hmm. why is that even a good thing to say? Why am I saying it? I'm not even thinking. I'm just reacting. Oh, I'm reacting because that's what was built into me. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, maybe that's not the best way to do this. Maybe mm-hmm. I should think through. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you bring up a really good point, and I don't, I'm not sure if other families or specifically women will identify with this, but there aren't a lot of resources for parenting unless you are intentionally seeking them out. I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves, particularly in this environment, this culture, that we're supposed to know what to do. We're supposed mm-hmm. to have it figured out, and then our kids reflect that. And if anybody else's home is anything like our home, my kids do not reflect mm-hmm. <laughs> what we have uh, tried to instill into them. I mean, of course, they have moments where they're, yeah. they reflect that, but they also have many moments where they don't. And I don't know that we always have this openness about... I, I had a really fascinating conversation with a dear friend of mine last week who was saying, I think my son might not be a believer. And I don't know if he feels safe enough to come to us and talk about it. And I was so moved by her insight on that Hmm. and thought, that's a great question. Because if he's going to go to anyone and talk about his doubt or his lack of faith or, or his, you know, his uncertainties, you would want it to be you. So, you know, good job to you, mom, for having that environment where he can come and talk to you about that. But it kind of struck me as, oh man. And just the, the fact that she was even sharing it with me, that like she was admitting to me mm-hmm. that this, her son who she'd been, you know, raising since the day he was born to love Jesus might not have followed in the ways sure. that she laid out before him. Um, I thought that was very vulnerable of her. And I don't know. I feel like we could do yeah. a better job at that. There was a whole section of my sermon that I cut out <laughs> which I now, now I wish I would have said it. No, that I cut out because, uh, just because I didn't know if it was fully from me or, or from the text or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it, Moses is speaking to a community and he's talking to a community about passing on the truth of God, his laws and commands and decrees from parents to children. So there's like this group community about doing this. And I thought to myself how isolated we are Mm. in our parenting Mm -hmm. compared to that community Mm. experience. That's a great point. Right? Like, um, I mean, my, my parent, my child, my experience as a child is very different than what my kids, you know, grew, grew up with. Like my parents were much more like I can, I can remember being disciplined by other children, Mm. children's parents. Mm. Like, what are you guys doing? Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah. mm-hmm. And getting in trouble from, you know, yep. somebody, a neighbor, mi- parent? Mrs. So-and-so yeah. who yeah. brought oh, yeah. me, you know, by the ear. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hey, I just, you know, I was going to spank him, but maybe you should. <laughs> 1982. Right. Yeah. I mean, and just, a, I feel like there's a lot of competition yeah. in parenting, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, isolation in parenting, a lot of not there's a lot, necessarily lot of sharing actually what's yeah. going on we in our home. protect our image. Our, yeah. A lot of image protecting and those sorts of things. And I, I wanted to speak on some of that and I did, but I just didn't feel like it was in the text in the right place, but. I do think some of the stuff that you're talking on, like, 
I did mention at the end, you know, find another couple that's down the road from you further and ask them to pray into your family mm-hmm. and your situation. But we do far too little mm-hmm. of looking at people who have gone ahead of us. We have far too few conversations about what's really happening in our home, mm-hmm. what our kids are really struggling with, and asking for help and putting our kids in relationship with other adults who we know are doing mm-hmm. a good job. Yeah. Like we protect so, you know, so much mm-hmm. of that. And I mean, I've encouraged my kids and guys, I don't do this perfectly, but I've encouraged, especially my older two boys, like, yeah, go take him out. Ask him if we'll go have breakfast mm-hmm. with you and talk about, mm-hmm. you know, X or Y or Z or, mm-hmm. you know, get to know other people who can speak into your kids. Mm-hmm kids yeah. lives and again and, just an example uh, i love it simone i love what you brought up um about your your friend who mm-hmm. um you know in, in the context of kids coming to you with you know yeah. deep stuff and she's afraid that they, they mm-hmm. wouldn't maybe and mm-hmm. how do you guys do you guys do you feel um and your kids are older than mine mine are just my oldest is just now getting into that area mm-hmm. of you know conversations that might be pretty heavy or whatever um have you found do you find that your kids come to you just shut um, them down. And when they do, shut it down. <laughs> no, but do you, do you find... I heard, do you, I heard shame works really well. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Listen, cello boy. <laughs> you take your private cello away. <laughs> but with hard conversations, uh, do you find your kids, will they come to you? Do they go to the other spouse? Like how... Um, can you speak into that? I, I can speak to it. I... I think it's fairly well known these days. My middle child, Micah, she's a girl, um, came to Sherry and I about six years ago and shared that she's bisexual. And I was so thankful. I remember the moment. It was a powerful moment. She was a freshman in college at the time. It was Christmas break. And in tears, she said, I think the Lord wants me to share something with you guys. And she was crying. And Sherry and I are like, oh, no. You know, those moments are hard, and as your kids get older, they yeah, run in it. What could it be? Yeah, yeah. So, and she shared that she was uh, bisexual, and that she had known she was bisexual since um, seventh grade. And um, which you know set us on a journey of of prayer and and dialogue with her that continues today. It continues today. Matt, to your point, I had never been more thankful for the hard work Sherry and I had done. I think about the Created by God class, fourth and fifth grade class that we offer here on uh, human sexuality. And um, all three of my kids went through that. That class that we offer here at Glowing Bible Church is now older. Uh, It's at least 20 years old. So I find my kids, I'm sure they're not coming to me with everything. My kids are 25, yep. 23, and 20. And Which so I, they shouldn't. It, right. Yeah. right? <laughs> but I'm also at the same time stunned at how uh, quickly the, they will come and we'll discuss all types of sexual issues, sexual struggles. Yeah. Uh, Tough stuff. You have, cult- yeah. you have cultivated yeah. a relationship and a, and a yeah. ground that is... That can be fertile for tough conversations, and, and the they don't of the fear gospel. you. Mm. No, I don't With think that. so. I don't mm-hmm. think so. I'm for us. I we usually uh, you can tell that something's heavy is going on, mm. right? So it's like 
Mm-hmm. What, who are you texting? You mm-hmm. never text this much at nine mm-hmm. o'clock at night. Like, and it, it, you look vexed. Mm-hmm. Is there a relational issue going on? You know, mm-hmm. sweetie, what's happening? Mm-hmm. You know, and you can, and then I'll, you know, yeah, well, mm-hmm. this happened at school or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, and so often it's being in tune with your kids mm-hmm. too. Like, why are mm-hmm. they? Mm-hmm. spending all this time doing this or they're, mm-hmm. they're not hanging out with this person anymore. I wonder what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or they want to mm-hmm. spend a lot of time with this person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's going on, right, you know? Right, right. And so it's being in tune and then having the courage at one level to be able to kind of enter into that. Mm-hmm. And I think some of that is mm-hmm. culti- cu- you have to have cultivated a relationship from the very beginning mm-hmm. that your kids aren't going to be surprised mm-hmm. when you ask them things or when... You know, you see them, and mm-hmm. so, and then there are definitely times mm-hmm. where our kids come to it. You know, they mm-hmm. open the door at the end of school, and we're like, "I need help." <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'm dying. Something bad happened, or I made a mistake, or yeah. whatever it is. So. Well, where I was going with it, and, and then we can get onto the next questions. But um, where I was going with that is, uh, I th- I'm finding, and I try, I'm have been trying to get better at this over the years of not overreacting yes. in a moment. Yeah, you got to meet their emotion thinking. where their emotions are. But what at, yeah. I have done up till this point, I have been more of an overreactor mm-hmm. and a yeller <laughs> than, uh, mm-hmm. than my wife. Mm-hmm. And so now um, mm-hmm. the, kid, the older kids are feeling more safe, safety and safe, a safe place mm-hmm. to have a, a conversation that they feel is tough. Mm-hmm. You know, granted, they're mm-hmm. like 10 years old, right? Um, not 22 or 24, but um, they're going to her, but, and, and then they'll come to me maybe later. And so now I'm trying to, okay, okay, I've rebuild. clearly, yeah. I, need to, I need to rebuild that trust and I need to have a more level-headed approach with the youngers so that mm-hmm. when the time mm-hmm. comes, Mm-hmm. I, I would imagine, Kelly, there was years of having a grace-filled reaction to all your kids when they came to you with what was big when they were 13 and what was big when they were 15. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. by the time Micah got was. to that point, she was... And, and I, Sherry and I were both very intentional about bringing up taboo subjects mm-hmm. uh, for discussion, historically taboo, you yeah. know, traditionally taboo subjects for discussion over the dinner table. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would, mm-hmm. and so I would say, Hey, I, I was this, I saw this in the newspaper today or the news. And what do you guys think? Mm-hmm. And just raising for discussion, hard topics without having to land, uh, on a judgment mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. we can discuss this without, um, you know, making it personal yeah. all the time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that just makes me think of um, how often we've tried to have conversations around uh, around sex age appropriately with all of our kids, and then when they come to you with questions, all of a sudden you're like, "I wish we never talked about this." <laughs> like, how how did you know that? <laughs> and you, you prepare for it, and then it still comes. You're like, uh, "I'm not prepared. I'm trying to not have a reaction to your question." <laughs> it's so awkward. Oh. Bless those kids. All right. Um, let's go. That let's was go. question number one. That was question yeah. number one. Wow. Well, we covered a lot of ground from we some did. of the other questions. So. Yeah. Hey, we have one quick announcement. I want to bring to your attention again, baptism. On Easter morning, we have several people signed up. Would love to include you if you've not been immersed, that is, gone under the water. Every New Testament example is that of immersion. Baptism should follow, according to the New Testament, um, 
profession of faith. And so at Glen Bible Church, we baptize upon profession of faith. And I know that many in our county have been sprinkled because um, there are many churches around, sprinkled as infants, and so there are many around. If you haven't been baptized upon profession of faith, this would be a great season, a great time of year to do so. Contact a staff member and we will we'll get you in the loop. And if it doesn't work out for Easter scheduling, then sometime in the future would be great. Hey, we wanted to say good job and thank you to the church for your uh, giving to the Red Envelope Project. The Red Envelope Project is a fundraiser for our student missions trips that are going out this summer. To date, we've raised $25,125, which is awesome. We've got just $5,000 left to go to hit our our goal of $30,000. So we've got one more Sunday. We look forward to uh, even more people participating this coming week. So here we go. Next one. Uh, What about single parents, specifically those who have an ex-spouse who is not a Christian and not teaching the gospel? Yeah, this is a, this is a tough question. These, these are the situations that when you're, I'll just be totally honest that like it, it breaks my heart Mm -hmm. that there are so many painful situations in the room. I I was reflecting uh, Sunday afternoon, like, you're in the pulpit and you're looking out at the people who have come to hear a message and you see and you know that there's so many unique situations mm-hmm. and so many hard situations um, and, and beautiful situations in the room, right? You have this spectrum of like, um, you know, single parents raising kids who are in a rough place or, you know, uh, divorce or, you know, kids that have wandered. There's like so many situations in the room and it's so hard. You want to like lovingly stop and like look at that person and say, here's, but Jesus loves you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like here's the, and God is greater. And God yeah. is greater. And, mm-hmm. all, and it's, it, it just, you know, it is so hard to address all those situations. I felt like uh, some of my job on Sunday was to, to read the text, speak the text, represent the text, talk about the text. The text doesn't talk about marriage. It doesn't talk about, um, it talks about mom and dad. And I, and I tried to address that on mm. Sunday as best mm-hmm. I could, you know, I'm like mom. And I spoke to mom and then I said, dad, and I spoke to dad. And, and, um, so I, you know, this is a great follow-up question. This is what the podcast is for in a lot of ways is like the person that's sitting there going, yeah, I got the overall kind of message and I got the overall kind of truth of God and what his vision is. But I want you to know the situation I'm living in is really different than that. And that's really, really, really hard. So I, I appreciate, um, I appreciate the question. I, you know, Glen Ellen Bible Church wants to be a place for people who have all those different situations mm-hmm. where we can still teach mm-hmm. the word of God and still represent what God's plan is and what God's vision is and what the truth is and yet lovingly care mm-hmm. for everybody. And sometimes that happens in the pulpit. And a lot of times, I mean, mm-hmm. Kelly, you know more than I, a lot of times it, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness for the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Who makes application individual. Right, mm-hmm. right. Um, and for smaller group community in which we can right. wrestle with it together. Right. Yeah. I, go ahead. No. Okay, I was going to, to this situation specifically, which, you know, disclaimer, I, I understand that there's some hard stuff and I, uh, you know, we, we love that people are here that, that are in those tough situations. Mm-hmm. We pray for those, 
those folks. And I think the the one thing I would offer is do do what you can with the time and space that yeah. God has given mm-hmm. you, and don't beat yourself up and feel all sorts of shame and anxiety and and anger and all those sorts of feelings for the time that you don't have, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like pray for the times when your children are, I'm assuming, away from away from you, right? Like they're with us, somebody who's not reinforcing and not teaching. Well, you know, pray, pray for those times and make the most of the times um, that you do have. Celebrate the beautiful moments that you do have together with your children. And um, I'd also say that don't, don't walk this journey alone, mm-hmm. right? Like find others who can support you um, care for you, pray for you, get in, get involved in community where you, you know, you feel like people are hearing you, supporting you, challenging you, right? Like mm-hmm. not just one voice to say, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you're, you're doing great. Like I challenge you, mm-hmm. encourage you. And, um, just so you're not going, going that road alone. And I realized, man, in a place like Wheaton and Glen Ellen, you're surrounded by a lot of people that, are um, married and have an image of a perfect home mm-hmm. and family. <laughs> and let's be honest, a lot of those homes are presenting an image that isn't really what's going on inside of the home, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, but I get how it can be so hard to navigate um, life as a single person or divorced person in this community because you're just surrounded mm-hmm. by what mm-hmm. seems like only families with happily married mm-hmm. spouses with beautiful kids who have private cello lessons and <laughs> play on the select soccer and teams are six and, foot five. and are six <laughs> foot five and, and win state championships mm-hmm. in football, basketball, and soccer. And I, I, I get it. And mm-hmm. yeah, we love, we love you. And yeah. I read something recently that talked about, um, front porch Christians. Have you heard this before? It's like the church is really good at welcoming broken people to the front porch. Like mm-hmm. bring your mess, bring your issues. And then once you get past the front porch, you got to have your life together. When you're in the church, you have mm-hmm. to look a little, you have to look a certain way. You have to look sanctified. And obviously the point of this um, analogy was we need the gospel at the front porch. We need the gospel in the yeah. living room, in the heart of the church. We need the gospel, you know, we need the gospel in all areas of life. And it makes me think of, of someone like this, who's feeling vulnerable to come to church, divorced kids, maybe not walking with the Lord, um, messy. Yeah. And it's not as, you can't hide it as well when you're alone mm-hmm. and when you're single. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking about like, I, as a church, capital C church, but also Glenland Bible, that we can always work, work toward and be better at uh, welcoming the mess and being knowing where that line is of transparency and oversharing. Mm-hmm. But it's also hard, just it's hard too on a Sunday morning. Yeah, like how yeah. do you welcome the like? That's yeah. so hard on a yeah. Sunday morning, right? Um, yeah, because it's such a short experience, mm-hmm. and there's not a lot of like community. Mm-hmm. I would say, but I feel like and... at most Sundays there is an acknowledgement of that. I feel, sure. you know, I feel like that's maybe where it comes from is yeah. from the pulpit, sure. you know, and I feel like you guys are not blind to that. You know, there are people, that's why there's a call to prayer every Sunday, right? Yeah. Because we're 
We're broken. We're broken. Right. We're broken at the front porch and we're broken in, in the living room. We're broken. You know, that's just our, sure. our constant need for the gospel. Yeah. So the question, what about single parents? Um, and then the person says specifically those who have an ex-spouse who's not Christian and not teaching the gospel. I would, so I was raised um, in a single parent home. My father was not a believer. My mother was a passion, is a passionate believer. And to a single parent who's raising kids in what I would describe as a spiritually mismatched divorce, I, I would say, I'd step right into that. I'd say, hey, your mom and I, or your dad and I, uh, we have different worldviews. Um, and, and I would address the gospel. I, I just see any brokenness as a great opportunity for the gospel. You, you guys have both mentioned that. And I would just, I would say, here's what I'm relying on as a single parent. I'm relying on God's mm. strength. And my mother did that really well. She would talk about her imperfections and I'm doing the best I can and I'm relying on God's strength to make up the difference. And there was something, frankly, for me endearing about that. The second thing I, th I would say is, you know, God's big enough to defend himself. Mm. <laughs> In other words, um, we're okay acknowledging our weaknesses as people. Um, in fact, the gospel is rooted in repentance and conf confession and repentance. It's rooted in uh, gospel realities are made clear because we're broken. Let God be God. And, and if, if you're a single parent raising kids and you've got conflict, spiritual conflict with your ex, man, I would just say let God be God and point that out as best you're able. Don't, don't throw your, your ex-spouse under the bus. Um, ridiculing them to your kids by any stretch. But you can also, you could say, man, I'm, here's where I am. Here's what I'm standing on. And I, for me as a, as a 10 year old, I was able to sort through that really quickly. The different, the differences in what my parents were counting on. Mm -hmm. uh, my dad was counting on his charisma and his brilliance. And that didn't go very far. Mm -hmm. My mother was counting on Christ. And, um, in fact, it was in that mess that I, I came to faith in Jesus. Mm -hmm. So, It's a good word. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right, let's go to the next one. Thanks for pointing out the consistency between the Old Testament and New Testament on several points, like raising kids, being careful, following, holding, keeping, etc. What do we do with passages that seem to only apply to the Old Testament and not the New Testament or vice versa? Good question. Yeah, um, I... Uh, I was trying to follow a little bit in Kelly's footsteps here when um, Kelly's been talking a lot about bridging the old, old Testament context, what's being said in Deuteronomy to our modern context or to, even to the New Testament. And um, so the, the, the purpose, and I hope it made sense <laughs> on uh, Sunday, was to show the consistency between what God is calling us to, uh, calling the Israelites to in the Old Testament to what he is calling the the church to, um, Paul calling the church to in, um, in the New Testament. So the idea was, you know, there's this idea of, you know, not wandering and, and that sort of a thing. And, and, and um, Moses lays that out for the Israelites, and then that's reinforced uh, in the New Testament, both Christ and Paul talk about, you know, be careful. <laughs> uh, your flesh is weak. And so the idea was to, to help bridge and kind of span over um, okay, this is, a, this is a message for the Israelites. They're about to take the promised land. We aren't the Israelites. We aren't about to take the promised land. But what is sort of the, the truth um, between the two? And so 
on the parenting, when I talked about parenting, it was, you know, the Ephesians where you, Paul instructs them to, to do exactly, almost word for word, about what Moses is telling um, the Israelites, um, the Israelites to do. And then, um, yeah, so that yeah, was, that was the hope. In terms of what do we do with passages that, that, um, I think we need to, that don't span? Go ahead. Yeah, I would say, we, I think we need to admit that the Old Testament must stand on its own. Mm. Uh, my Old Testament professors would always say, the Old Testament covenant was effectual. It mm. was effective in all that God had designed it to be. Uh, so God didn't make a mistake in the Old Testament and thus... Correct send, everything mm-hmm. in the right. New Testament. And, and thus yeah. send mm-hmm. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Old Testament covenant was effectual. The Israelites were not able to keep it. That, that was the downfall of the old, te- uh, the old covenant was the, was the Israelites, not the covenant. So when there's not a clear one for one or the bridge is hard to make, as John was saying, getting across from Old Testament, getting across the bridge into New Testament um, application, um, I would say do a couple things. I would point out a couple principles. When you're in the Old Testament and you're, you're wondering about the New Testament implications, uh, first remember that the Old Testament must stand on its own. But then say, well, what part of God's character is revealed in whatever this is? And so I'll take, for example, there's some weird Old Testament laws mm-hmm. about uh, not mixing uh, different types of cloth. Mm-hmm. Well, what do I do with that? Where's the New Testament application? So what, what about his characters revealed in whatever's going on in the Old Testament specifically? Celebrate how Christ is the fulfillment of that. What, what do we see in Christ that completes or fulfills that? And then rely on the Holy Spirit's power to emulate that. And so if you get some weird laws or you get some unique um, nation-making elements in the Old Testament, well, what about what's going on in the New Testament? And, and I, I think depending on the Holy Spirit and looking for the character of God and then and asking the Holy Spirit to make that available, um, I, I think we can see um, the bridge. But it, it can be cumbersome and it takes some work and... And there's some wrestling to be had. All right. Let's move to the last one. I'm not a parent. How can I support the parents of GEBC? John, I loved what you said. You had a parent. (laughs) (laughs) You know parents. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that was one of those those, uh, moments where you you turn the the teaching is like, three-fourths of it's like general for everybody, right? About not wandering and being careful and all sorts of things. And then there's like this really, Moses goes twice into talking about uh, passing on to children and how that all works. And if you're doing all this keeping and you're doing all this being careful and you're not wandering and you're following and you're observing, here's this real practical practical takeaway. And you hate some, at some level, you hate those moments, right? Because you're like, well, now it's really specific, you know? Um, and... And so, and the I, congregation is very broad. Yeah, the congregation. Yeah, and and, <laughs> and I said, you know, there's the vast majority of our congregation is people raising children, um, which is probably true in a lot of suburban churches, right? Mm-hmm. Like like ours. And so, um, I wanted to offer something to those folks. Like, I actually had somebody who is not married, not married, and doesn't have uh, any children text me and say, everybody in the room needed to hear that message. But I was like, okay, thanks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's nice. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, uh, I would say that there's, there's a lot that you can do as a, as a non-parent wanting to support uh, families um, in, in the church. Um, 
And that, you know, there's things like uh, praying mm-hmm. for them, um, encouraging them where you can, you know, when you do see a, a Helpin or Marone or Vandervelde or Brady child. <laughs> struggling. <laughs> struggling or, or doing something beautiful. Mm. Yeah, cheer mm-hmm. them on. Mm-hmm. Go to that parent and say, hey, I just want you to know, I yeah. saw your kids serving mm-hmm. downstairs and they had a huge smile on their face and they were welcoming people in and it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Do when you see good things, point out yeah, point good. out good things and encourage those parents. Say, hey, I know I'm not in the I'm not doing the work right now with you, but I but I can appreciate the work that needs to get done, and and I want to want you want to say good job. Yeah. And uh, I think and keep about it up. the I, I'm going to ballpark this. I'm not sure exact number. I think 40 Wheaton College kids volunteering in our youth ministry. Yeah, close to that. Yeah. Yeah. So let's say there's 40 ish, and None of them are married. None of them are parents, but they're blessing our children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so vo- volunteer roles, I think of kids ministry. We have a lot of people serving in kids ministry who aren't raising children. And so I'm, man, just you're a part of the body of Christ. I think of the role modeling in worship. Mm-hmm. When we need our children to look around the room yes. and see other 20-somethings passionate in singing out their praise to God and learning in the worship gathering, just the role model element. And 60-somethings. Oh, yeah. Empty nesters. With their arms I'm raised and that. praising God. Like, man, that's really mm-hmm. powerful yeah. mm-hmm. for children in the church to look around the room and see yeah. people from empty nest to, you know, older, totally. elderly folks yeah. who are engaged and volunteering and serving and praising and man that's really really powerful yeah. especially so that it doesn't become something like oh that's what they, they do, do right that's what this demographic mm-hmm. does right. but my demographic is a little more this or that right right, right. 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 that's good yeah good all right well that's all the questions we have for you today but if you have any further questions comments or concerns don't hesitate text the next level podcast 630-474-6164 our podcast is dedicated to answering listener questions on two levels answering specific questions about last sunday's sermon but also general questions regarding broader topics within the christian faith we love god and believe that scripture is a primary means for our getting to know him and our hope is that this podcast extends the learning opportunity for all who want to know god better strengthening that only your faith, but my faith and our faith together. Thanks for joining us. Thank you listeners for tuning in. Boom. Prophecy.